Our mission statement is reaching students for Christ, mm. and that's first for a reason, yeah. and educating them for life. Yeah. So we want to do both really well, right. but really protecting that mission that we're trying to reach a kid for Christ so that they can eternally benefit. Yeah. And one of the things I love about inner city ministry is light shines brightest mm. in dark places. Mm. Mm. And so, if we're faithful to abide in Christ as a staff, and to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and to display love, mm. that's going to be incredibly attractive to a kid that lives in a dark home, yeah. where they're treated like a mistake or an inconvenience. Mm. They wow. can see yeah. it's, the it's, beauty of Christ. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Candid, where we never settle for less than the truth. I'm your host, Jonathan Youssef. Each week, we'll tackle tough issues, answer your hard questions, and take a candid look at the Christian faith. Would you consider leaving us a review today? By leaving a review and a rating, it helps others to find us, and it would be a huge help. Using your favorite podcast platform, go to our show, and leave a rating along with a review, and perhaps next week we will mention you on the show. Last week, we began a conversation with a longtime friend of mine, Hammond McKeever. Together, we discussed the call God put on his life to minister to children in the inner city of Atlanta. The Lord planted a dream in his heart to start a school to help the children thrive first in the Lord and then in their education. Today, we finish this conversation as Hammond unpacks more of the incredible story of what God has been doing through Thrive Academy. Together, we discuss the importance of community, the difference one person can make, and how to keep moving ahead in the face of opposition. Hammond has a degree from Reformed Theological Seminary and is a co-founder of Thrive Academy in Atlanta, Georgia. Hammond's calling goes far beyond giving these kids a great education, but the opportunity to be discipled and to truly know and walk with Jesus as well. Join me as we jump back into this powerful conversation and hear from Hammond, whose heart of gratitude is through serving his local community and the underprivileged. Now, on to our candid conversation. Let me ask you this. What would be considered a good day for you with the school? I would say a, a morning where either myself or the principal, Mike Oteca, shares kind of a high-impact devotion, mm. and you can see the kids, you know, from the start of the day yeah. have like heard the word of the Lord, yeah, yeah and are, yeah. are kind of thinking about, um, you know, but them going into their smaller class sizes and getting to, to get their instruction, getting smiles from their teachers and staff, you know, just a positive environment. We do trauma groups every Thursday. That's a setting where they get to do some really unique emotional processing and healing, and it's a very relational environment. Yeah. I really feel like kids are almost getting a whole other experience of family yeah. through the school that, that when they, they may get— not be getting in, yeah. in the home. And, um, you know, and during breaks, we have kids, you know, wanting to be there. And yeah, yeah. 
one of my favorite stories is there's a, a kid we took last year, and I had met him. Uh, the Lord kind of led me providentially to him in the summer. So I went to meet his mom, who ended up being like his guardian because his mom had abandoned him. The dad's not in the picture. She's just a, like a legal guardian. Yeah. And she said, are you sure you want a, him in your school? And I said, well, I think. You know, is there something I don't know? <laughs> yeah, 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 what are you not saying? <laughs> yeah, and she said, well, he has a really bad behavior record at John Lewis, and he skips school all the time, and I don't know what to do with him. Mm. And, you know, it gave me pause because I just, I mean, that was definitely yeah. a legitimate concern. Yeah. But felt like we could help him, and anyways, that kid didn't miss a day of school. He's texting me in the morning when the bus is late, you know, just kind of, just neat stuff like that yeah. where you can tell God's really, yeah. really reaching kids. And if you had to sort of surmise, what do you think it is that is being given in that school that's bringing some of the change in heart and attitude towards learning, towards, you know, hearing someone share a devotional? What do you think are some of the attributes that are fostering that environment there? Yeah, so we we do a good bit of staff training, and I'm very particular about who I look for to hire. Our mission statement is reaching students for Christ, mm. and that's first yes. for a reason, yeah. and educating them for life. Yeah. So we want to do both really well, right. but really protecting that mission that – we're trying to reach a kid for Christ so that they can eternally benefit. Yeah. And one of the things I love about inner city ministry is light shines brightest mm. in dark places. Mm. 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 And so if we're faithful to abide in Christ as a staff and to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to display love, mm. that's going to be incredibly attractive to a kid that lives in a dark home. Yeah where they're treated like a mistake or an inconvenience. Mm. They ah, can see yeah. it's, the it's, beauty of Christ. Yeah. The contrast is stark. Yes. Yeah. And I was thinking kind of the love and stability thing, right? The things that we actually have as followers of Christ, these kids don't have in a spiritual, physical sense at all. And then all of a sudden they're exposed to it. As, you know, it's no wonder the kids don't want to leave the school, you know, because it's like, why would I leave this to go into that, you know, to go back into the darkness, you know, and it's uh, it's a powerful image of that sort of contrast that's taking place there. In your story, it sounds like everything just was going perfectly. Everything's going great. Everything's coming together by God's sovereign hand. But we know that, or at least I think I know that not everything is perfectly lining up you had to have roadblocks along the way. What what were some of those things that you had to wrestle with to kind of figure out and decipher God's calling through some of these things? I think one thing I was even talking to another staff about this today is, you know, for whatever reason, my ministry, especially at the start of living in Grove Park in Atlanta, mm. I just found the Lord leading me to some of the tougher kids that mm. – are just a little more yes. um, likely to act out and to just big personalities and, and kind of all that. And yeah. so it was a big learning curve to understand how to bring some of those kids into a learning environment that really has to be protected. There's a measure of structure that has to be in place and learning how to kind of set boundaries 
and honestly also to recognize when a student is not in a place where they can receive the blessing of the school and i didn't i didn't know this scripture until we started the school but uh i think it's in samuel but it says rebellion is like the sin of witchcraft Mm. and i think the beautiful thing about what we're doing is having the mind of christ Mm. we're not entering into this just thinking all these kids need is more blessing in their life and more goodness they actually have a sin problem yeah that at some point they have to decide whether they will continue to live at war with God yes. or surrender you know, to his mercy mm-hmm. and repent and begin to live a life that's filled with repentance. Mm-hmm. And that if you know, God opposes the proud, we do this at our student orientation, I, I have to oppose you when you are act, walking in pride. Yeah. And I think that... Um, this is, this is Genesis 1, 2, and 3, like we just talked yeah. about at the beginning before we came on. But that's the original sin, right? It's the rebellion against God. It's yes. the choosing my own way and not trusting what God has said or, you know. Yes, and so it's there. there's that mixture of I have compassion and mercy for this kid that has been dealt such a bad hand. Yes, yes. And yet, and one of the scriptures that has now stood out to me too from this work is – it says the the Lord places a solitary into a home. Mm. Uh, he's a father to the fatherless, mm. but the rebellious dwell in a parched land. Mm. And so if a kid is persisting in rebellion and persisting in pride, and at a certain point, the mercy of God is for them to be cut off mm. so that they can be handed over to Satan, so to speak, mm. and go fully into their rebellion and finally hit that rock bottom to where they realize, I need Christ, I need repentance. But it's tough because God's grace and mercy is forbearing, and, you know, there's one student that I would say is probably doing the best right now, Hmm. and um, I almost expelled him heading into last school year. Wow. Because he was so defiant and just continuing some rebellion and so that becomes moments where I, you know, I have found that the voice of the Lord is my, the thing that is the most prized that I value most. And what we're doing is really hearing from Him yeah. and all the different ways that He speaks for those kind of really difficult decisions where it's unclear. It seemed like I needed to expel Him, but the Lord, you know, just spoke in some different ways to mm-hmm. one of my favorite scriptures is, um, the disciples see the tree not bearing fruit, and they yeah. say, should we cut it down? Right. And Jesus says, give it a year, yeah. water it, and then... If it's still not bearing fruit, cut, cut it, it down. down. Yeah. yeah. So, stuff like that. And it's fun. That's I enjoy the work. I mean, it's yeah. very... It requires everything in me. Yeah. And so, I, I love that. And yeah. it's been a, a real journey. And I've grown as much as you know anyone else or any kid or anything like that it's funny hearing your testimony and then what you've been called into i mean how much do you see yourself in these kids you know very much i mean (laughs) yeah and i try to regularly speak to the kids about my own experience and warn them from my own story and you know i think some of my compassion and grace for them comes from my own you know, story and the willingness to hang in there with them, even when they're just mm. so foolish and mm. so mm. kind mm. of, 
in hearing you thread all this together, you know, the, the impact of discipleship on you personally, and that was your kind of immediate recognition of what the kids needed first yes. was this being pulled out of a bad situation or bad environment, put into a better environment and being discipled. I mean, this is really across the sort of socioeconomic spectrum, right? I think the people who have been blessed financially, they can look better on the outside at your first glance. But once you kind of scratch off that surface, you look down and you see it's exactly what you just described in terms of there's still a sin problem deep inside and it's going to continue to you know work its way through this person until they are – brought out of their situation, and I don't just mean their socioeconomic situation, but brought out of whatever the sin environment that they're thriving in their sin, right, and pulled out of that and put into a healthier environment and given the tools to grow and learn and and be discipled. Yes. And it's fun because, you know, the church is that. But the nice thing, I mean, I think the the best churches also meet Wednesday and also have a prayer line that you can call into. Right. And right. ideally, we're kind of creating a really yeah. a new family. Yeah. But we're, you know, we are really lucky that school has become an avenue for us to have that daily time together. So it's really neat. I've had this conversation with people recently and that I think people think, well, we'll go to church and maybe this was kind of your family story early on that you were describing, and that will kind of fix everything, right? Yeah, that's Church the box will just do it. And... If you think about it, if discipleship is about you know longevity, time, daily you know, quality obedience. time, yeah, I mean it's not a one hour, one day, one day out of the week, you know. And then you think about the things it's like that, pouring a bucket of water on a raging fire. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what do you think will be accomplished out of that brevity of time? You know, versus that daily encounter and interaction, which is what you've created with this school for these kids. But, you know, we have churches where people show up late and they leave early and you just think, you know, we're not trying to create a legalistic, you know, hey, you have to stay for this amount of time. You know, that's it. But it's like, what is your heart condition? Where is the desire in this? Or do you seek to be a disciple in these things or are you sort of – you know, ticking your box and then and then moving on. Yeah. Um, deeper questions to ponder for us, uh, perhaps for another day. So, there's times of really great joy, I'm sure, and you've shared some of these stories of uh, rejoicing and in, in seeing character development. Um, I'm sure salvations being professed, um, academic growth, all these kind of great high markers. But there's obviously low points as well, as we've discussed a little bit. So, what sustains you during that it's really ebbs and flows right sure. so, so the low points and the high sure. points at the same time yeah so i i think what i'm regularly having to do is to you know make sure that i'm not uh making ministry or the school an idol mm. the place where i'm going to kind of get my main sense of meaning yeah. identity yeah You've been there before. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so it's not, you know, it, it's there's a compounding interest when we make mm. good choices, you know, that, that the Lord honors that and kind of a standard set, a stake in the ground of kind of, I think for me, you know, from, from a weekly yeah. Sabbath where I'm enjoying the Lord yes. and His salvation right, and just rejoicing in, in that and... I how am, much do we need to hear that from anyone in leadership, yeah, right? Yeah, like we had a, a guy, Zach, a new staff who I really, really like, gave 
our end of the day devotion on hunger and thirsting after righteousness, mm. out of the Beatitudes. Mm. And uh, I need that. Lord, I want to hunger and thirst after righteousness. If yeah. you don't yeah. put not, that in me, yeah, I right. will go somewhere else. And yeah. so just just really – You're not on the mountaintop telling everyone to come up. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm trying kind of to yeah, remain a humble mm. disciple of Christ that's aware of my daily need for grace and – you know, just always being careful not to sacrifice my rich union with the Lord for, like, I regularly pray, Lord, don't let my work sacrifice our mm. relationship, our communion, our oneness. Mm. And so I think that's been vital for me. Yeah. What would you say to people who want to make a difference in the local community? But as you know, it's easy to be overwhelmed. Well, I want to do something, but I don't know what to do. Or they're in a situation where they've kind of did what you did in Dallas, which is you see the desperate need and you think, I'm just one person. I mean, where where would you tell someone like that to start? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one, I would encourage them that you know most people are not thinking about that. No, right. And that's a sign of the Holy Spirit really mm-hmm. doing something special in you. Mm-hmm. And I think what gets me excited is the idea that, you know, we know in Ephesians there's good works prepared in advance for us by the Father. Yes. Jesus says, I only do what I see my Father doing. Yeah. And I think you only want to, you know, that idea of calling, the whole theology of calling. I just want to do what God's calling me to do. Fasting has been the best way for me to kind of Mm. press in deeper into relationship with the Lord, into seeking Him, into hearing His voice. And from that place of relationship, yeah. kind of getting a sense of what his call is. Because, you you know, there's no anointing without calling, mm. and there's no provision without his call. Yes. So that's where we, you know, I think it's neat that as Christians, we're not just do-gooders. We're not just philanthropists. We're not just, you know, kind of humanitarians. We are disciples of Christ yes. that have a vital relationship with the Father through Christ and God speaks. Yeah. He will show it. He'll, yeah. I only do what the Father shows me. You know, He really will show us what to do. You know, this is a, a conversation that comes up, um, I think, frequently in sort of our spheres. And it's social gospel versus genuine actions kind of thing. I mean, I'm sure you've had to wrestle with this or you've had people ask the questions because it can easily become – uh, you know, Hammond, you're doing this because you feel guilty about the way you grew up or whatever, and so you're trying to ease your conscience or, you know, whatever it may be. How do you kind of walk out that fine line between, no, I'm not just doing this to feel better about myself. I'm actually doing this, as you've just said, you know, as a disciple, and I feel called specifically by the Lord. And these are good things to be doing. Yeah, I always get excited when, you know, the work we're doing – will cause us to interact with with a non-believer that is wanting to do good mm. because we're made in God's image. It, there's non-Christians that, that sense that it would be good to be generous and to give and to serve. and <laughs> They're picking up on little yeah, things, right? You know, but ideally, through relationship and interaction, they kind of witness, whoa, there's, there's a reservoir that you have that yeah. I don't have. There's a motivation for the work that is way deeper yeah. and that's yes. really compelling. 
and you don't look so stressed and so unhappy doing this work. Where is that coming from? Yeah. How are you serving in this kind of environment but still joyful? Yeah. You know, and, and you know, that's Christ in me. And then, you know, it's a chance to kind of yeah. share that. Yeah. One can just be work. So I'm just working almost this sort of works righteousness. I'm, yeah, trying, to, I'm trying to climb my way up into whatever. And that's dead. I mean, yeah, it's either in your pride, you're yeah. kind of offending people and the, even the people you're trying to serve and people can see that and it's not genuine. It's not, you yeah. know, or if you are genuine, you're just so burned out and so depressed because you're alone. You don't have the father. Yeah. You don't have yeah. daily wells to drink from. And Yeah, that's right. And then that will never, all your good works will never satisfy you. Right. Of course, in knowing you and Laura and knowing your story, I know that you've, you've faced difficulty where people have questioned your motives, even from people within that community. You may or may not want to talk about this. That's up to no, you. That's fine. But, you know, tell us a little bit about how that went. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Even within, again, a community that you're trying to serve and help, people made judgment calls on you and, and accused you of things. Yeah. So, you know, what I have learned and experienced and my wife and I long term would love to be in India kind of doing some missionary work among unreached unengaged groups so you know we're doing cross-cultural ministry now and so this is like without a doubt, I think of this yeah. this is a chance to learn so <laughs> I kind of think wow what a great opportunity to learn yeah. and what I have found and I'm sure you've experienced this in the church as well mm. is that there are Christians that are like the Pharisee type where they, they, they look like a Christian, they dress like a Christian, they talk like a Christian, but you look under the hood mm. and you examine the stuff that comes out of their mouth and you look at the fruit and mm. it it can become clear, wow, this is not Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. This is not yeah. consistent with the Spirit of Christ. And, um, you know, and then there's true, you know, true people of faith that love Jesus and they're just wildly different. Yeah. And so you know, the times that we have ever kind of come under any kind of questions, it's been from the pharisaical type Christian. Not the outside. No, the yeah. art na- you know, the neighbors, the parents of the kids, the kids themselves, all of that, you know, it's like such rich, such intimate relationships, such special bonds. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you hear something from somebody and it just... You know, again, I I think it uh, it's discouraging. Yeah. But you know, you don't see Jesus walking around discouraged about the Pharisees. Right. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's just yeah. kind of like yeah. yeah. He knew what was in man. That's right. And he knew what he was there to do. Yeah. And so he would every once in a while kind of speak to them. Yeah. And kind of expose where all that was coming from. And then kind of kept moving. So I think for me, it's been helpful to, and I I mean, I see it too as kind of God's continued gracious Mm. scalpel to keep making sure that I'm not living for identity Mm. and approval. Mm. And I have like a daily prayer I do, and there's a picture of Jesus on the cross. Mm. And I'll pray, you know, forgive me, God, for wanting everyone in Grove Park to think that I'm so great, look at what they thought of Messiah, hmm. and why would I, you know, why would I expect or want something different? Yeah. Let me count it a joy to share in his sufferings yeah. and to be identified with him in that way. Yeah. So then the attacks are actually count it pure joy because now I'm getting more identified with Christ. Yeah. And I remember a time that 
I was, you know, kind of going through something that had been said and it had affected me a little more. And I was talking to a friend that's a missionary in Barcelona. Mm. I shared with him and he said, wow, you are blessed. And I said, wait, <laughs> what? What's your definition yeah, of blessed? And he just said, blessed when you're persecuted for righteousness sake. I said, ah, oh, thank you, friend. Yeah. You are a true friend. You know, that's the friends you want. Right. So that would be another way of staying sustained and enduring is having the right yes. friends that, yeah. you know, just come with the spirit of Christ yeah. and give the right word. Speaking the right, good yeah. word. To shift gears slightly, someone on our team supplied this question. Um, we heard you recently started a farm on your campus with a garden, geese, chickens, and a horse. Why? Ha <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's fun. So uh, I have always really benefited and en- enjoyed, you know, being around animals. And mm. there's a ministry we partner with God's Farm where they go out there and the kids are around the animals and you kind of see how they... And, um, you know, I think it's just kind of a fun, uh, the idea came and we had recently gotten a lease on a lot right next door that was open. Right. I, you know, it's funny. I'm trying to think of the genesis of that idea, but, you know, I kind of shared it. And genesis? The ki- yeah, the kids were... Maybe it's genesis. Yeah, the kids were very excited about the thought of it. <laughs> and I had, um, years back, I spent a summer working on some farms and... Just being that personally had had done so much for my own kind of spirit and soul, and yeah. um, so we had a church uh, that that jumped in and partnered with us, and they built the fence, and then we, you know, God provided the animals, and it's been a really fun thing for the kids to kind of. Again, it's just that feeling of when they come on campus, yes, they're entering another world, yeah, and because they're not being exposed to no farm animals, n- never. And, and yeah. there's such a peace being around animals. Yeah. And our our principal Mike, who's a, a dear brother in Christ, he had said, um, you know, we were talking about the farm. He said a whole other dimension of God's kingdom is just. Yeah been expressed in this neighborhood i mean we've had neighbors start coming up that were even like a party house where i think some illegal stuff going on they've come and like introduced themselves they want to water the plants they want to feed the animals they want to so there's kind of this excitement and and then i've actually gotten into studying horse training okay and it's fascinating (laughs) because literally working with horses is very similar to working with traumatized kids. Yeah. Because a horse is skittish. Yes. They're not trusting. You have to build a relationship. Yeah, yeah. And it's even interesting, there's kind of competing ideas about how to, you know, lead a horse. One is more fear-based control. Right. The other is more relationship. I've told people it's it's just as much a gift from the Lord to me Mm. as it gives me life. It's fun because it's giving the kids life. And it's just another fun iteration of kind of what God's doing with Thrive and you know. well just the multifacetedness of the of that ministry yeah. right I mean you're you're adding simple elements that people probably wouldn't even think of they think of just give them the education give some spiritual aspect and you know send them on their way but it is it's a you know if we're thinking about all the layers of personality and and wholeness of a person I mean, yes. even something as simple as an animal yes. uh, can contribute to yes. that. Okay. For someone who may be listening to this and is in a similar 
field, a similar uh, ministry position who's maybe investing in communities like you are, but they're feeling weary, they're feeling worn out, uh, they're feeling discouraged, what would you say to them? I mean, even put yourself, you know, here's Hammond McKeever, you know, a few years down the road who's really worn out and wearied through all of his work. <laughs> what are some words that you'd have for, for that person? Yeah, I would consider it the grace of God mm. that something's going on. Yeah, There's a guy I like to listen to, uh, he basically saying, if you're in a wilderness season, yeah. Don't get comfortable there. Stay there. That's Jesus didn't pay yeah. for you to live in the wilderness. Yeah. He paid for you to live in Canaan. Yeah. Yeah. There are times where God is pruning. There's times when he's disciplining. Yeah. I really believe that for someone in that place or if I was in that place, there's a gracious invitation from the Lord to return to the first love, mm. to come and drink from him. Mm. You know, we have been made sons, not servants. Yes. He loves that we want to work for him. Yeah. He loves that. Yeah. But Jesus paid for us to live in this place of sonship yeah. and to enjoy the Father mm. and to have a, a balance between what we do for him and receiving from him and maintaining friendships that, that edify and build up, you know, maintaining recreation where you're getting to be physical. And one of my regular players is God grant me the recreation and exercise I need to continue serving joyfully. Yeah. You know, and that's different for everyone. Yeah. And you're unique. And God made you and he knows what it you need to kind of be fully alive in the work you're doing. And if you mm-hmm. seek him for that, he'll give that to you and it you may find in that place that something's become an idol yeah. that, you know, he's wanting to remove so that you can be full in him and joyful in him and filled with him and yeah. I'm thinking about um there will be some who may be thinking Similar to what you were, I feel like I'm being called into something, but I don't know how to start. I think we've kind of addressed a little bit of that. There's people who may be doing the work. We've just talk, you know, spoken a, a, an encouraging word to them. But what about other people who think, wow, good for Hammond. That's good. He'll just go and do his thing, and I'll be encouraged by what he's doing. And then the person who may be thinking, he's doing good work, and I don't know what I'm doing. They may have a completely different call on their life. What's a word to kind of these groups of people who don't feel like they're doing anything or they're doing something different, but they, you know, we don't, because the idea is we're not trying to make people feel guilty that they need to go out and start a a school in their inner city. But what are the other avenues that people can find a good, healthy calling? And in lines of what you've just been talking about, finding that rest in God, uh, but also be supporting in, in some of these other types of ministries that exist. Sure. So I I think the first one I would want to say something to would would be somebody that loves the Lord, is passionate about having a life that's fruitful, but isn't sure how to fill that part of loving the poor or, Mm -hmm. you know, the least of these. And um, my call is to do that full time. And so I'm I'm doing that. Sure. Um, I think everyone can be a part of that in some kind of way. Right. Whether that's as far removed as just writing a check, the work can't happen without support. Yeah. yeah. So there's. Yeah. I mean, I think there are people that God has called to be generous mm-hmm. and to give with the same joy that I have as I do the work. Yeah. And to feel that 
sense of kind of calling and joy. And, and so I guess this is to both groups. I lament that the first six, five or so years of my Christian life, no pastor or person who discipled me really made it clear to me mm-hmm. that God expects you to move towards the least of these. Yeah. That's the heart of Jesus went that direction. Yes. There's a um, – if we're becoming like God and that's the Christian journey to mirror him and imitate him, that's just a – that is how he's revealed himself in Scripture. And so mm. we do want to find some kind of way that our life touches that. For five years, mine didn't at all. Yeah. In his way and time, God kind of exposed me and, and called me and I – mine looked like what we've talked about. Yeah. But I think it can look look so many different ways. Yeah. And um, – yeah, I mean, anything you can do is a call. I mean, I, I, when I get home from work with my four and two year old and newborn, I've got to operate with a sense of calling there. If yeah. I don't, yeah, it's not going to be something that pleases the Lord. Yeah. So I think anything we do, whatever you do, do unto the Lord. Yeah. And so I think that's that's the idea of just being possessed by Christ. Mm-hmm. I think to the person who's not doing anything and doesn't want to do anything. I think the scripture would want to warn us of does Christ live in you? Yeah. Maybe not. And that's yeah. and, and you need to investigate. Yeah, you need yeah. that's something to look into. Yeah. And something to think about. And um immediately. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and God has so many different ways of winning hearts mm-hmm. and uh mm-hmm. pulling people into his vision for life and mm-hmm. for the world mm-hmm. and yeah. Mm-hmm. Good brother. Anything else? Anything specific on your heart that you want to say? Uh just the honor it is to get to be here and to get to do this and a, uh, a real joy. Yeah. We do have one question that we ask all of our guests at the end, and it's you've uh, entered into eternal life with the Father and the Son and the Spirit, and you can ask any question you want. What's the question you're going to ask? Oh, so the one that's bubbling up in my heart as you ask that, because I think the experience of it would be so wonderful. Mm. Is uh, knowing, already knowing the answer, but wanting to experience is, yes. you know, do you love me? Mm. Or sh- show me the, the width, show mm. me the depth. Mm. Uh, you know, and just having it all of a sudden just encounter, yeah, that kind of encounter with love, yeah. you know, it's going to be awesome. Excellent. Yeah. Him and um, I wonder if you'd close this out with prayer. That would be a and joy. Just pray for those that are on all the spectrums of the types of people who may be listening. Yes, wonderful. Thanks, brother. Father, we rejoice in your mercy, and we rejoice in your grace. And, God, I'm just thinking now about, you know, you did not have to come, but you did. God, you didn't have to plan for salvation, but you did. And um, we just thank you, Jesus, that you modeled such a— amazing love in your life and um you showed what it looks like to be a human in the way that that is what god intended and so god just ask your grace would come upon every listener and god that they would sense your moving towards them even through this uh podcast god that it wasn't a mistake that they listened and, God, that you're drawing them more intimately into 
uh, relationship with you and into um, just partnering with you, experiencing the wonder and the joy of just co-laboring with Christ and uh, suffering with Christ and just more of Christ. There's there's nothing uh, that compares God, and I want more of that. And uh, so thank you, Lord, for this chance we've had to speak on just heavenly things and things of your kingdom, things that uh, you've told us to set our minds on. So I just ask your Holy Spirit to be poured out on every listener and on on every uh, on me and Jonathan, and uh, just would your grace uh, be poured out on us in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Hammond McKeever Thrive Academy in Atlanta, Georgia. Thank you so much for being on Candid Conversations. Thanks for the invitation to be here. Of course. One more thing before we go. Advent is such a special season in the church calendar, and there is an Advent special going on at ltw.org right now. My dad has just released a new four-part Advent devotional I think will really bless you and your family this Christmas. It's available this month for your gift of any amount, and it's a vibrant resource, highlighting the incredible overarching narrative of Scripture, striking comparisons between the first and second comings of Christ, and more. If you're looking for new ways to celebrate and reflect on Christ this Advent season with friends and family, head on over to ltw.org or click the link in the show notes to request your copy for a gift of any amount.